another episode of Bobcast with you as always is Bob live in the lounge staring at the Ouija board tonight's guests I'm just very excited because you know there's this moment sometimes when you get you know energy that lightning in the bottle that surge of a band about to take over the whole fucking world you know you could feel it in the audience you could feel it on the social media platforms you could just feel it tingling all around your body it's his second appearance it's his wife's first appearance I'm very happy to have him here on the show Jamie and the Guarded Heart. Jamie and Morgan, welcome to the lounge. Hey there. Hi. <laughs> so, you know, the last time you were on the show, I think it was two years ago, right? Wow, yeah. And the band was just starting. Yeah, and then, I don't, we hadn't even put out a song yet. I think I was like, yo, do you want to do The Roof? <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, that gig was uh, just phenomenal, really. You gave us our first gig. Yep. It is a fact. I, see, that makes me feel really good. It makes me feel like an old, like, musical grandpa. Well, you know what I mean? You'll be forever quoted in every every interview we ever give. That oh, I appreciate you that. Our you know, first gig. Yep. So that was your first gig ever, like performing. Yes, like that was the first time I ever performed in a band in my entire yeah. life in front of people. <laughs> so what was that like? It was terrifying. What's was the most really terrifying part? Uh, I think I was just really afraid of making a mistake. I know. Isn't that crazy how you're like, oh, Jesus, is it G or is yeah. it A? Yeah. Does my finger go here? As a yeah. bass player, I know exactly what you're talking about because, look, let's face it, ladies and gentlemen, okay? You may not know much about the bass, but I can tell you one thing. If one chord gets messed up, the whole groove's lost. It's gone. true. Right? It's very true. And we're a three-piece, so it's like... <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, everybody's going to know if I mess up, and I'm definitely going to mess up. But it... it Mm-hmm. turned out better than I thought it would be. That practicing <laughs> element, like, you know, is key, really. I mean, sometimes I feel, I don't really know, like, what's the perfect amount of practice, you know? Is it nine times? Is it one time? I'm not really sure. We're, we, um, at this stage, Morgan and I practice together. We, uh, we run rehearsals, like, once or twice a week together, just the two of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, there is a point of diminishing returns, though, where you where you can go too much to the Playing point the of... Playing the same yeah. thing over and over again. Yeah. It starts to not turn out as well. You start to go, this just isn't working. This isn't even the same yeah. song anymore. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. We need to get but out But we've, mm-hmm. we've found sort of a happy medium of rehearsing a few times a week, and if there's something that yeah. needs more work, just Well, play. you guys are married, so I mean, like, that's like the best, right? Yeah, I mean, there's like, no being late to rehearsals. There's yeah, no being... Right. I mean, you could practice, like, Sunday morning at, like, 8.30. We like, rehearsed before we got get here. The coffee. We played a few songs before we came That's in. good, you yeah. know, because you could, you know, I, I kind of have that repertoire right now with my three-year-old son. Like, you want to jam? And he's like, yeah, dad. It's, it's kind of like go. that, yeah. And, like, um, <laughs> it's a lot of fun, to be honest. I mean, I, I've been contemplating, but, like, it would it be too soon to have a four-year-old keyboard no, band, you know? No, no, it is not too soon. Um... <laughs> Yeah, like, you know, practice is like, uh, it's, it's amazing, too, because a lot of people who are just the, on the other end of music, you know, watching it, they don't realize how much preparation goes into this art. And we were talking before the podcast briefly, you know, it, it really comes down to not just song preparation, but also, you know, set list preparation. And, you know, sets are a huge, huge deal. I did every single set list except for one 
in downtown Harvest. And that set sucked. Yeah, it was the worst show you guys okay. ever had, probably. They were all drunk. Let us do it, Bob. You always do it. I was like, all right, go ahead. Well, thanks for ruining our night. And they fucking ruined it, yeah. you know? But uh, I mean, We care a lot about the set list. I, I think... I think one of the things that gets lost in uh, in maybe the ego of some yeah. some folks is is um, is the idea that we should be putting on a show for the people that are paying to be there. So uh, I mm-hmm. like to have like kind of reverence for the idea of putting together a coherent set that that kind of takes you on some sort of ride, like an album, mm-hmm. you know, kind Without of where, doubt, yeah. where there's some mm-hmm. where there's like a you know you come out of the gate however you want to come out of the gate but there's like maybe a mellow part of the show maybe there's a frantic part of the show but there's a feeling that you get like a movie yeah it really does come to that it's a cinematic experience i think so audio you know visual all the elements some of my favorite records are soundtracks i mean like you know, i'm all about the crow soundtrack it oh. just uh, celebrated uh, its 25th what was your favorite soundtrack the uh you just well, got one of my favorites. You just got oh, a vinyl. Lost Highway, the Lost, Lost Highway, Highway oh, yeah. soundtrack. Come on, you know so who's sitting in that room Razzier. making up these songs? You know what I mean? Like, let's get this, 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 this. Yeah, it's perfect. You know, yeah. you just got it on vinyl. It's killer. That's good. Record store day was yesterday. Yes. And you guys went to your favorite record store, right? What's Vinyl that? Closet Records. Yeah, that's up in uh, like Eagleville, is it? Or is yeah, it that's like that weird area. Where is, it, is it Narstown? Is Narn- it East Narn? Once you get past Narstown, there's Jeffersons, there's <laughs> yeah. you know Eagles. Yeah, there's all sorts yeah. of different yeah, things. Yeah, I don't know and what's they're all going like on. one block long, so it's like yeah. I don't really know where. Um, yeah. yeah, that we've actually uh, we put out we've so far we've put out like a record and then like we just put out a single and we've done our release shows there. We. As, yeah, I which is great, right. by the way, too, because it's just like, you know, I've been saying to to people too, like it'd be like for me, like you know, I want to play again, but I would like to start playing shows at like one o'clock in the afternoon, right? Yeah. And like you guys go on like around like one, right? I mean, like, yeah. well, I think we hit it like one thirty, yeah. Yeah, we, you know, because it's great because you get to play for kids, families, people who can't go to bars, and you know, I kind of resent that fact that like. You you know hey come see me uh, you know at the the great room at eleven o'clock on Friday night you know what I mean like you can't do that with family it's... well that's the thing is we try to um, we try to put on different shows throughout the year that can be more accessible that's I mean good. like at the end of the day we we want to play you know at nine at ten or ten o'clock at night in a in a in a twenty one and over bar I mean that's just where we like to live yeah. but we also want people to hear us so we know that sometimes there's gonna need to be a Sunday afternoon show mm-hmm. that's all that's ages good. that's free the more you do that I think the better oh I, the end of the the end game for the band is for all, as many people to hear us and come see us as possible so we're not gonna we're not stingy man we'll, mm-hmm. we'll we're gonna make it work we're gonna try and get as many people there as possible so if that means doing those kind of shows heck yeah speaking and of also that, then i could be mm-hmm. in bed by like seven which is that's what it's say, know, yeah I mean, the dream i like to read before bed for like maybe like an hour and a half so that way i can get myself into that mode of you know like okay i'm decompressing what have, what have you been reading like three books at once i'm really <laughs> weird like two two comic books and i'm reading um uh i paint houses What's that? Uh, it's the book that's coming out that uh, that new Netflix movie with um, Robert De Niro. Oh yeah, it's yeah. about the mafia's like hitman. Some yeah. good you know material to read before sleep. You know, I, I dig it. Sociopaths. Um, I, I money get that though, Like bouncing around. I uh, just was listening. I was I listened to an audio book of mm-hmm. uh, Tom Petty's biography by Warren. See, um, it, he was in the Del- cool. Delfuegos. Um, but yeah, it's that's great. And while I was doing that, I was reading like "Get in the Van" the Henry Rollins. Oh, I've always wanted to read that, dude. He's a great. Uh, it's so good. 
What did I see him on? Uh, he was on Rogan once, and his his podcast was just his story he was, was intense. awesome. Intense. He's very intense. Yeah. He's like, I'm not married. I got no kids. I don't care about <laughs> I nothing. Just a house full of vinyl. <laughs> I can't. Like, All right. <laughs> I just travel the world and just kick ass. Yeah. But I like the part though where he's like, I'm done with the music. I can't do it no more. Now I'm just gonna write. And uh, I mean, I'm sure other people would like to see like Black Flag come back or something oh, like I that. Don't see but that happening. you know. Uh, speaking of uh, reaching as many people as possible, uh, what, it was a couple of weeks ago. You got you you two did uh, Radio One Hundred Four Point Five. Yeah, the Drummers Five. Mm-hmm. What was yeah. that like, Morgan? What's your yeah, what was your experience like that? That was um, the next most nerve wracking thing yeah. I've ever okay. done yeah. in my life, yeah. <laughs> next to our first show, which you so kindly gave us. Um, <laughs> that that was the the next time that I was like. Yo, I, I get so nervous, nervous doing that too. I almost couldn't handle it. Well, they do the like, <laughs> countdown before they go live. Yeah. It's terrible. You're like, why are you doing this countdown? Yeah. Are you trying to just make me? And like, you know, works? you get there. What did you get there? Like three, right? Three thirty. So. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so you got all that time to like think about it, and then you yeah. know, I think they soundtracked us the, like twenty minutes before we went on. And I'm like, okay. Did you play uh, that ovation amp, the little uh, preamp thing they had? Or I did think you they ha- just ran direct. No, you did. Right? I think was you. I think pre-amp? no. I think they had a different. That different... silver thing's crazy. Yeah, it's like this little preamp thing. Is that yeah, that's what we we both had one. Oh yeah. Yeah, sounds amazing. It sounded so good. It did we were sound saying really the, good. the sound in the studio was unbelievable. It was incredible. Yeah, yeah it, it is. It, Jamie mm-hmm. is, is the guy's name. That that. Yeah, that, he's really good. He is in, he is great. Mm-hmm. I think that was my favorite thing about it was how how it great sounded it actually awesome sounded. Yeah, when you hear the playback. Yeah. just you know yeah but it was it goes by so fast like it does go by quick because it's just so terrifying you're just like it is terrifying you're just holding Mm -hmm. on you're like i just want to lock in i've never been probably so bad at playing to the people in the room than i was i was just like eyes closed we had to mentally prepare to not try to put on the show show yeah and just Mm -hmm. actually yeah we've gotten like really into the groove of that of like trying to be like as animated and like can try to connect yeah. to the people in the room and we just have fun performing yeah like, and it just isn't about yeah, that sure. on that. but yeah you played as a duo too so i yeah. mean like the chance for a mistake <laughs> if you make a mistake yeah. with a duo everybody can hear <laughs> it you know there's no drummer always nerve-wracking yeah i messed up uh, we were doing In the Meantime by Space Hog for the cover and it's got that, that oh that was great we did that the TK and club and messed too. up the first line like the first line of the like because I just messed it up I mean I played the F sharp in the wrong spot nobody would know <laughs> no. but like I knew and like my heart was like I was like oh no it's so demoralizing <laughs> like dude it's live radio but you know I guess that's the good thing about podcasting. Nobody, can, I mean, eventually, I guess it could be live, but we're not doing this live, right. you know. No, I mean, well, once you get, once the Bobcast gets so big that you get, you're doing it at the Tower Theater. Like that'd be great. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's, the Tower, that's when the nerves awesome. will really come. I want to go see that Met. Have you been to the Met? We did. We just saw uh, Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness. Oh, the same night as our God. live at five, we actually went down and saw the show. I mm-hmm. um, it's, I am kind of like a um. I'm tough when it comes to live sound because you know just you, you right know. here raising my hand <laughs> and I agree with you. So I'm usually kind of judging. I like smaller places. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love the TLA. I just like the yeah, me too. So so the bigger the place gets, the worse the sound gets. It's just the nature of that. Yeah. The Met was the sound was unbelievable because they really like they made that room specifically it, for live music. Right. I, yeah. So we saw Andrew Man in the Wilderness, which is kind of um, which is I, I really appreciate that act. 
they're kind of like um as far as like kind of mid-tempo mm. band so it was more difficult because it's all seating so like they're kind of oh is it yeah Even they're kind of the a front. band that you would either all the whole place is seated wow so they're kind of a band that you don't know if you want to sit down or stand up for oh that must be is, yeah so, so what, what were people doing there were they like ah it was a mix and if know? you and if you stand you're screwing like the yeah, yeah, you're people screwing behind you're yeah. And yeah. So. so i think the, uh, the the key is to see either side of the spectrum like ray la montaigne uh or Damien Rice yeah. would be like the perfect kind of act if you want to stay seated, you know? Well, let me but, ask you a question. If you stand there, is it uncomfortable standing because the seats are so close to each other? Or no, is it like... it's just you just know, though, that mm-hmm. everybody behind you is kind of mad. Yeah. I got somebody really pissed off at me once at uh, Lady Gaga. Um, the guy, sit down, sit down. What? <laughs> and uh, I was like, dude, it's fucking Lady Gaga. She's yeah. telling like, me to just dance. I've seen exactly. Her twice. I'm just following directions. I've seen her twice, too. And, um, She's great live. I mean, like, I love the fact that she sings when she's running around, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, But the guy was like, sit down. I'm like, dude, it's Lady Gaga. And then uh, actually... See, that's a weird one, though, funny. to be told yeah, to sit down at. Yeah, and then here's another one, right? Rolling Stones, who we were talking about yeah. pre-podcast here, right? Went to see the Rolling Stones for... Um, no security, I think, 99, something My like that. My dad has a t-shirt. Everybody's sitting down. Everybody's sitting down. Wait, was that the, the vet? No, it was at... Wachovia then but now oh, yeah. West Fargo but I did I did go to the vet for um, Dave Matthews band Santana and the Roots and what a shit show that was man wow. it, was, it was a mess man I've never seen so many drunken people in my life <laughs> just urinating anywhere they want you know <laughs> anywhere Everywhere. it's not even the bathroom it's like the kiosk stand like let's piss here wait did you say you were at the vet for that one I was at the vet for yeah, that yeah that makes but that whole place is just a urinal it's gone now. I know I miss it's, it. So. Yeah, I had some of my best childhood memories going to see the, going to see the, uh, the Eagles play the Dallas Cowboys I every, am, every year for mm-hmm. like my birthday. That's cool. Yeah, I, I would go there for baseball with my dad and football as well. Um, we went to see uh, Muse last Sunday night, and uh, you know how you were saying a couple minutes ago about sound live. You know, I'm also the same way. Where, like when I go to a concert, I'm just like, damn man, that guitar is way too loud. <laughs> My experience it's, is ruined. Muse had the best sound I've ever heard. The what the videos that I saw on social media from the Muse show was pretty incredible. The um, it seems like they really the take bass, great care man. in their The spectacle. bass sounds so good. Did the he have like drum, that crazy like? He does. I don't yeah. even know what that is. It's like lit up at parts, right? It's like a synth pad, mm. but it just looks so cool. And he yeah. looks so troubled when he's playing the bass too. I like that. <laughs> he's so like. I don't know if he's happy or sad, you know? Yeah, but, I don't um, want to know the bass player's emotions. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, really. I mean, I guess Chris Novoselic, I mean, like, you could tell that he was really having a good time. Probably because he was so stoned and drunk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, other bass players where I'm not really sure what they're feeling. Uh, Jason Newstead from Metallica. I just remember that hair, like, flip, yeah. you know what I mean? Just that going, well, you know? I was well, always going to do that, too, with my hair. I never did it. Uh, is that one of your great regrets from your music career? Yeah. That I never <laughs> shaved the side of my head. It's not too late, Bob. It's I never could. too late. I could. I've been thinking about coming back. I, it's all going on a year now, not playing it. Did you actually announce the retirement? Never. Okay, so that's you're fine. You're never. good to come back. It's just yeah. been in hindsight. People are like, Where's, what happened? It just needs a break. You know? uh, to be honest with you... When you take a break from anything, it makes you miss it. I, I have great respect for all the things that you've added to the, the music scene. I was not surprised though when you took a hiatus because it's hard and it beats mm-hmm. you down over you know how many decades of doing oh it. yeah and to, and the idea of restarting a project it, it requires so much i think what some people don't understand 
or or not in like a condescending way just it you just don't fully get the whole picture is that when you start a project you pour so much of your soul into every aspect of it nonstop. that it's just and it's an everyday experience especially if you care a lot oh yeah and uh Mm -hmm. and you are a carer so like it you know drains your battery it drained me yeah. yeah um I don't feel so drained anymore, though. I feel a lot better, though, now. We took a little vacation. You know? It's just, it's it's a hard, um, you care so much, and there's really no way to define, like, what that care is. Because I mean, like, it's the guarded heart in your band, really. I mean, that's the part that you're protecting the most is because you both enjoy the music so much, you know, and you, you care so much about your craft. And, you know, like you just said, too, it's not just that 45 minutes that I'm performing this. This is like I wake up, I think about this, you know, and like... We talk about it all the time. It's it's Mm -hmm. what we talk the most about. I just wish that, like, sometimes I could just... Like, I remember, like, thinking, like, it'd be great if I could just turn it off for a little bit and not... Because, like, even when, like, I would say I'm not worrying about the band, I was worrying about the band. I think that's how Jamie is. And, uh, you know, and, like, people would be like, what are you thinking about? I'd be like, fucking band. Always the band. like... So, I mean, that's a hard thing because if you're really dedicated, that's the way to do it. Because if you, I, I also know other people won't say their names. Maybe I will. No, I won't. But I know other people <laughs> who don't give a shit about being in a band and they just show up and they're like, ah, here's my, here's my pedal board, brah, I got no batteries. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, what the fuck, dude? What are we here for? You know? Yeah, I, I have been, <clears throat> I have been in bands with, with, you know, individuals that, that felt that way about, you know, but I think that one of the fortunate things that I have now is, you know, Morgan cares a great deal and our drummer is pretty locked in. And, and Morgan, uh, when did you start playing bass? Like, you guys have been together for, yeah, what, so, so you celebrated how many years together now? We met 12 years ago. 12 yeah. years, right? I played bass as a teenager. Oh, okay. Um, my best friend at the time and I had... A quote-unquote band, but it was really just. What was the band name? <laughs> um, our last band name was Dissonance. Nice. Sounds we were very big full fans of angst. Of um, our, our main influences were probably Nirvana, Nine Inch Nails, and Marilyn Manson. Sweet. Um, and but it was just myself on bass, and she sang and played guitar, and we would do that in her parents' garage, and that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went away to college when I was 18 and I didn't bring my bass with me and I never played again until 2017, which is about 15 years later, wow. <laughs> until Jamie asked me if I wanted to be in his band. Hey, how did that come about? Like, was it just like one evening at home over some tequila and some, you know, Netflix <laughs> or something? Or that was it sounds like... like our lifestyle, but no, it, um, I, I had started making our first record and I knew while I was making it, I was like, this isn't. I was like, it's time for me to start something where I'm really serious about it. Yeah. And I wasn't going to just put together a band of people that, like, backup people. Like, I mm-hmm. wanted to start a band. And uh, Morgan was the first... I was on the road, actually. Mm. And uh, I called her back home, and I was like, I'm going to start a band, and I want you to play bass. Do you want to play bass in it? And she was like, yep. She went out and bought a bass the next day. Mm-hmm. I was on oh, tour. Cool. I actually bought mm-hmm. her an amp off Sweetwater, and it was delivered while I was on the road. And oh, nice. So she started working on the songs, and uh, and the second call was to um, my drummer, Graham, our drummer. that I've been playing with him for a decade. So. He's a good drummer. Yeah, he's great. And he's he a good guy, hard. too. Yeah, you know, it's important for the drummer to hit hard, okay? If you're somebody out there who wants to be a drummer and you want to hit them things really light, don't do it, Okay. <laughs> Uh, you want to hit hard. You want to make people feel it in your yeah. kneecaps. Especially, yeah. Yeah, I keep going back, especially being a three-piece, it's like, you got to make the most out of the sound. You Dude, three-piece three are the, it's the best 
way to do it. I've never been in a three piece, and I'm very upset over that fact. It's everything that I was hoping it would be. With Isaac was a trio, but he's not a drummer. But like Muse trio, right? Like Jesus Christ, man! How are they making this sound? Well, they're, I'm they're always repeat. astounded. They're by otherworldly. The they're yeah, that's they're away. an anomaly. <laughs> yeah, and like you know, the light show. I mean, that that blew me away. Did man. they? They didn't have any auxiliary players. They did. They okay. So like, it's, occasionally, I feel like they're about at that point in their career. They, yeah, they have a keyboard. You know, they have, all those bands that are trios are gonna have. Do they know, put them somebody. on stage? Yeah, and he was visible. Yeah, that's you know a bummer. About, you know about Queen's corner. piano, right? Uh, Queen's piano player. So was, like in live, he band, in he, he's behind the stacks. Yeah, he he didn't want to be like on stage. Um, he he requested to be behind the amps, which you know is very humble of him. But you know, if you watch like Queen uh, Radio Gaga, you know that that awesome keyboard sound. There ain't nobody on stage playing. You know what I mean? He's yeah. behind. That's is amazing. Stack. Remember yeah. I was saying that, that would when be we were watching worst. one of their shows? I was like, where is that coming yeah. from? Yeah. That would hurt me yeah. so bad. Like, look, Bob, you're going to be on stage, but <laughs> you're going to be off to the side. To be honest with you, I think Morgan would prefer that. I Yes, there are times <laughs> where I would prefer to just not, can I play from a dark corner <laughs> off the side of the stage where nobody can see me? <laughs> Why is that? Um, I just, ha- I'm very shy and I have stage fright. <laughs> Which you would never know if you come to our gigs. I do cause... enjoy performing. Um, Once you get going, right? I have so a lot of anxiety. So what's like, okay, um, I remember like I would have a process with Downtown Harvest. I'd be like, okay, I'm a little nervous. I'm going to have one shot, one beer. And then it became like two, two beers, you know what I mean? <laughs> but there really is no way to like do it unless as soon as you like get up on stage and start playing. It, it, it goes, goes away, away within yeah. like one yeah. song. It's but, just that weight thing, man. That's the, the worst part of it. The is the worst. Yeah. I mean, Tom okay? said that, man. Tom I, the, weight, the weight is just, I mean, like, oh my God. This one time I had to play the World Cafe Live. They're like, we need you to be here at 4.30. And I'm like, 4.30, Why? <laughs> You know, and the, we didn't go on to ten for oh them for, the, for them to like say, yeah, this is where the microphones go. Yeah, that's um, that's how these guys that are on the road forever develop those addictions, man. Oh. You're just waiting around with just the most amount of anxiety. So nerve wracking. Yeah, I used to hate that so much, man. One time, I actually left and went to the movies. Oh, that's awesome! I yeah, was, I was I came literally back. thinking that we just played Dawson Street. Yeah, and I was like, we were let's, driving in. Let's and go to the Maniac movie. I was right like, there. The, I was like, I wonder if we could. They're loading. I saw super footage fun. from that gig. It looked like you guys did really well. Oh, super fun! It, was it so looked much like the fun. people, like I was saying, the the introduction of the show, like you know, that lightning in a bottle, like the crowd starting to reciprocate. Boom! Next, wow. you know, they're all wearing black. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I think we've uh, we've gotten really lucky. We're really attracting people that are connecting, and like that's the. Mm-hmm. Why we started this thing. Yeah, I played your uh, Country Hawk and Rock show. What was that two years ago or was that one year ago? It was a year ago this past January. It was so that was packed. 2018. Was it? That was a year ago? It was a year ago. Damn, man, I got no sense of time no more. Well, a I'm year like three years year old right now. That's all I know. Ago. I'm three. <laughs> that was so much fun. Oh, it was a good time. Yeah, that was a fun show. It's hard to pull something off like that, you know? Yeah, we just did one at the Lanuti Post in, in October which will probably be the last one we do for a little while. Mm-hmm. They're just, um, it's, it's a big undertaking. Yeah. Uh, it, mm-hmm. And it was successful. It did, it did well, but it, it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of work. It's, it's a, a lot, lot of, of fun when it happens, but it, it is yeah. so much work. And then also too, I imagine you experienced the same thing I did. Um, 
and when I was in Judah came in the assassination it was the first time I ever like became aware of it because I would speak to Judah about my feelings after I play it's like this weird sad feeling like when you're coming like you played like an awesome kick-ass show and it's like 2.33 in the morning and you can't sleep and it's like this sad feeling that came over me like I'd just be like oh, I, I want more I want more and we used to call it the clown because we feel like a, like a sad clown <laughs> you know so we text each other like I feel like a clown right now <laughs> I uh you know <laughs> it's it's so it's so funny the stuff that you're describing the waiting before the gigs oh. that feeling all of it for me has become markedly better because I'm in a band with my wife yeah that's good we mm-hmm. get all this hang time and like every I don't have to like I can cut the bullshit pretty yeah, quickly that's pretty and good. just be like mm-hmm. I feel this way and she knows what we both I'm, feel the same way. We feel the same way, and we can just there's we can just talk about it. We're we're so in it together. It's a very that, important that thing. It, it makes all of that stuff a lot more bearable. <laughs> yeah, my old band downtown harvest was like having three other wives, definitely without a doubt. <laughs> One wife I'd really like to sleep with every night. The other two not so much, you know. But uh, <laughs> we all slept together now. <laughs> and I can tell you this without revealing one of their names, but one of them would never take their socks off. <laughs> And I'd be like, what, what's up with this, bro? And then even strangely enough, like maybe two months ago, I was listening to this uh, podcast on sleep. And they say that if you sleep with your socks on, you can have better sleep, which is insane. Because I always was told when I was younger by my dad, you need to let your feet breathe. I, I, this is a point of contention personally. Please reveal. For me every night that I... I, I am uncomfortable when I get into bed with my socks on, so I have to sleep with them off. But I always am cold in on just my feet at mm. some point in the night, but I don't want to go through, like, looking for them on the ground. Yeah, I got you on that. So, so now check I'm just uncomfortable. So I'm, I'm, I'm in now. So this is what you should do. Go to the store, get some sleeping socks. They don't make sleeping socks. We just came up with it right now here on the Bobcast, <laughs> episode 187. Are they like a pajama with a, like a yeah, butt Yeah, it's like kind of like a light, like, felty <laughs> material that, you know, you... Makes that noise, you know, <laughs> that soft noise, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, oh, I know it. Ah, uh, yeah, man, it doesn't go like little booty socks or something like that, you know? But, um... I, I well, no, I want that. them to be like the gloves, you <laughs> know, where you can you can turn them to mittens. Yeah, yeah. Like... So you need toeless socks? And then I can just flap it yoga back socks. over. Yeah, the yoga, yoga yeah. socks has toeless socks and they have, like, grippers on them. Have you seen yeah. them? Mm-hmm. They're awesome. I well, can I, I? But I then need a sheath. They're like fifty dollars, though. I'm never going to buy a pair of socks. Cost you need yoga bucks. socks and then another pair of socks over them that you can remove. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, right. that, we're talking now. You know, forget well, this music business. Like you guys want to go really in the sleeping socks business with me? Okay. We can start. I'm just looking for an right owl. Whatever you want to do, <laughs> just let me know. Um, <laughs> anyway, where I don't have to, have to plan another show. <laughs> My wife thinks I'm crazy, man, when I tell her about it. I'm like, yeah, I sleep in socks. She's like, what's wrong with you? I don't know. You need, um, a, you need a like a like a thought journal. For this. I do have one at home, actually, but it's for jokes. I've been working on... Uh, you tell me a sock, like, a sock idea? That, that could be a good joke. But no, my new thing is, though, is that I've been developing like an hour worth of stand-up comedy. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I'm are you taking the Jerry Seinfeld approach where you sit down and write? Or mm, No, it's like when I like talk crazy shit and then I take out my phone and write it down, you know? Or like, yeah. in that, like, I, like I'll try out material here, you know? Like, and then it just comes out, you know? But uh, 
I, li- I like the w- like what it's like because it's like kind of like being a musician, but without the guitar, without the bass, without the chords. It's the one you. chord that fucks everything up if you forget it. <laughs> yeah. That's the worst feeling, right? You ever been to a gig and you're like, oh, I can't wait to rip this shit. I got no battery in my distortion pedal, right? <laughs> God, that sucks, man. That happened to me so many times. And I hated that sense of defeat. And then also the challenge of being like, I gotta, I gotta get through this. I gotta, yeah. I gotta just, I gotta work it out. Jamie's I, always overly prepared, which yeah, is wonderful. I have backups of everything. That's good. We backup never... to backup is good. Well, I just feel like th- we we spend so much time planning the show that the last thing I want to do is have it derailed because I I, I broke a string on the mm. second song. And you've yeah. been through all those things. And so I, many yeah, times after years just of playing, playing on your own. Yeah. Man, I had it down like towards the end of my tenor. Man, I would have everything planned out from (laughs) okay so forget the musical stuff right I'm always thinking about what's gonna be like afterwards when I'm all sweaty and I gotta talk to all these people (laughs) so towards the end I was bringing full change clothes to wardrobe smart I'm talking shirt I think I saw a video where you had the changing trifold thing on stage right well that wasn't necessarily for that that was for but you could've used it we could've (laughs) my brother was actually behind there the awesome. whole time waiting to come out for the last song where he came out as the bride oh my God. So that, and he was so hammered he drank a whole like maybe a whole bottle of Maker's Mark he's looking for 40 minutes just waiting 40 for 40 minutes just right. then he comes out like all you. dizzy with the gas mask on but yeah I just hate it like after a show just being so sweaty and talking to people god I, that's the one thing I don't miss at all like hey man your band's really great and I'm like ah, I'm so sweaty right I now I like it a little bit because then maybe next time people will think twice about hugging me they don't care, man. They don't. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the show, they like that's the greatest thing about being uh, a musician that can help somebody escape like what they're feeling. They don't give a shit because you just help them. And I, I'm the opposite. I'm like, please hug yeah. me. I I just want to be loved. Please love me. Please love me. I've uh, got this deep well of sadness. Yeah, not having a pick, not having pedal. Like oh man, I got all that. Man. I have just backups on backups. I got contingency plans if something goes wrong with the Morgan stuff. We uh-huh. she brings it back a bass. That's good to have. I actually did break a bass string once, and they wow. say it's impossible. I've, I've she plays really that. light. It happened at the General Lafayette. Don't you you do you used to do more slap stuff too? I did I did I did a slap at a bass. I played a pick. I played the fingers. I, sometimes I do all three at once. <laughs> You know, God, God, you're, many you're funky. You're funky. I try to, I try to be. You know, I mean, it was funky in Downtown Harvest, and then I got country and did Odemi, then I got hip hoppy, then I got uh, alternative, and the next next incarnation is just going to be me and my son playing whatever the hell we want for one hour straight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if he doesn't, you know, he really likes playing keyboards and like we got all these like whistles and bells and stuff, and I got him like the headphones, so. You know, we'll see what happens, but... Um, I've got a good feeling about this project. It could be really good. Yeah. My wife, actually, she plays drums as well, so I mean, like... Oh, my God. Yeah, it'd be fun. It's you a know? one. She, she says she doesn't play drums, but she does. She can hold <laughs> down that beat, though, you know? Nice. But, um, yeah, speaking of, like, really shitty gigs, man. What's the shittiest gig you ever had? Oh, man. Could I... be with the guard of heart. Could be solo. Listen, I've played more terrible gigs as a cover act. You were telling me, I think, on the last podcast about one that was just like, did you even have like a uh, amplitude? Like they no, were like, no. I've played. I've. They were like, you. You don't need a PA system. You oh just, yeah, that's the best, right? Yeah, I'm like. Tell I, me about that. What do they? I, what do they say? I, I do. Um, <laughs> they were like, well, my space wasn't big enough for one, so 
they were like, you could just, uh, you know, do this without. Like, and wow. just, but keep it mellow. And I'm like, so be mellow with no amplification. I was like, do I need, even need to be here? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I'll just stand here with the guitar. That's just the worst when they do that to you. What do you, what do you want music anyway? We had um we had a rough gig uh, this time last year was our was our worst oh, yeah. band one we uh, sound was we just had we oh, had, there's the no there's no sound guy so um, or sound person I'm sorry we uh we just um yeah you can admit the venue's name because you you may want to go back you don't have to say it but look sound guys though could be great could be really bad they hold your they hold your your fate in their hands they really yeah. do that's why you should be mm -hmm. kind to your sound people that's why you should hire your own sound man we've been we've done that often we've mm -hmm. hired our, we have uh our, our crew guy dj dave that's uh, an important fact there's nothing like a dick like you know when he's just like oh, i need more like stop yelling at me man you know we just prepared for like days on end hours on end and you're gonna start screaming at us you know yeah but you know i've seen both sides of that coin where bands have just been so rude to sound people and you're just like yeah that's oh, that's, what that's, are you that's, doing yeah, what are you doing yeah <laughs> you are crazy i yeah. i um i thankfully all the members in our band are super respectful to staff um because i've watched bands just shoot themselves totally in the foot by mm -hmm. just being rude and i'm just like i i think i'd kick somebody out of the band if they i've were... seen bands uh decide to smoke joints inside instead of going outside i'm like you're not the rolling stones you know right. like like you're like at the world cafe live nonetheless like in that stairwell right there mm -hmm. like dude you couldn't go out front like really i may or may not have seen that at when we played the chalk balcony Wow. I, I played there once i played the brotherly shove fest i loved that chalk balcony it was cool. um that was that was one of the i'm really sad to see that venue go but that was one of the highlights it's not going of, anywhere, man. of our band i got an exclusive for you right now i'm gonna buy it okay <laughs> yes. i got no money bobcast presents the truck i'm just gonna trade love <laughs> for the venue i won't be the first time that nah, it's gonna, it, it, somebody's gonna buy it right? <laughs> somebody somebody should buy it and like turn it you know well the i think the issue is is that there have we i think we're lucky in Philadelphia, but also it's not great, is that there are a lot of venues in that capacity range. Yeah, there's a lot of coming, though. I mean, you got the Met now, and... I was looking around, that place is big. Film it's like, it's crazy. Yeah. Quite an undertaking for, like, an investment group to go, we'll just buy this place. There's yeah, some, that's the thing a lot about investment groups, yeah. so they're just like, whatever, I'll we got that. Write down that loss. Yeah, you know? Wait, did you said you've done the track the track balcony? Yeah, I did. How about both. the load in? Just mm. those steps straight up. Oh god! You're like you can't get this freight elevator work. That's terrible, man. <laughs> and then like the back like stage area looked like a like a shanty town. <laughs> like it was like doors that were like like broken. <laughs> I I think I've talked about this before. We played there way back in the day, and I actually looked this guy up recently. His name. And for anybody as a musician who's listening to this and you think that you want to get duped into playing the Trancadero or any other venue at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday, do not work for Praying Manus Entertainment. I'm not even sure what the dude's name is, but he definitely took advantage of us when we were kids, and uh, he's still doing it. I hate Steve Sarensky. You know? Yeah. Steve. Sorry, bro. Sorry. Look, I have, I have no wrong will against you, man, but what I, you're doing... I have never worked. It doesn't make any sense. What? Huh? What specifically... I don't, cause I don't think just I, taking I've money from kids, man. You know what I mean? Like pay to play in oh any situation, God. I don't agree with at all. I don't okay? know how pay to play still exists. It's the worst because it's. Just, I, it's I understand it's so the idea that okay, you should be lucky to play here. It's historic. Get out of here. Dude. No, no, no. That stuff's that stuff's 
bullshit. But I think the idea of being of a venue saying like you need to bring like a minimum. I'm I understand. Why. I get that. That yeah, that makes yeah. sense to me. But anything more than that, like okay, so the venue says we keep the first fifteen, yeah, or the first ten, whatever they say. I can get on board because that sound guy. You know, he's not... Yeah. You know, let's pay the sound guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm down. Um, but, like, much more than that, it starts to get really unethical. Yeah, where it's, you're just, just like, it's not a good look. Somebody's making money today. Somebody's making a lot of money off these people. Right. Know? Dawson Street was incredible to us. Oh, they're nice the people, yeah. yeah. They're really Russ nice. Russ over there. Mm-hmm. I've seen a couple bands there. It's got a great feel, you know? Yeah. I knew a kid that lived next door, Lance Lakoff, if you're listening. He's got a kid and a family now, so he's not partying like he used to. But every single time there was a concert, he'd go next door there. But okay. um, that place is great. I, I, we really love Maniunk. Oh, Grape yeah. Room's been great to us. Grape yeah. Room's great. I mean, Scooter's the best. You know, I mean, I, I love working for him. You know, they just celebrated what? How many years they've been doing that? Nine well, years. Well, nine since they came back. As yeah, the, yeah. Ke- I think Kevin is the booker over there. He's in a mm-hmm. band called Andorra, which is great. He's a great dude. You guys have a show coming up there in uh, two weeks, right? April 27th, we are there. You can get tickets through your website, $5. Yeah, go to our Instagram. It's instead of, you know, you could save three bucks, you know? Yeah, we're just trying to save you money. You know? You know what I used to love? Hey, Bob, can you get me on the guest list? How many times have you asked me that? <laughs> I always, whenever anybody asks me oh, my God, list, I just dude. say you just charge them $1 more than what they were going to pay. I wish I could let everybody in for free, but you know what I mean? I got I got stuff I got to pay for. I got other bands, you know? I mean, they just, they don't give strings away. Right. Well, and I think people don't always realize that a lot of our Did you just say they don't give guitar <laughs> strings away? That's great. <laughs> How many do you want? Come on in. <laughs> Wait, but, sorry, well, no, I, I think people don't always realize that uh, we're not making any money on a show, generally. We will break even for all the money we put in exactly. to preparing for a show. So we're not wanting you to pay at the door so that we can make money. We're wanting you to pay at the door so that they check another you know number they add another number to our draw so that they'll let us play there again mm-hmm. and that maybe we'll be able to play at a bigger venue next time that's really it and i think a lot of people don't realize that that's exactly it i mean we've been really fortunate that our draw is getting bigger and that people are so supportive of what we do mm-hmm. um and it's it's never about the money when you get into original music if you if you care about the music it at our level you just can't get into it for the money there's just no money to be had yeah right. but that extra money that we make at those gigs we put right back into the project it goes right back in yeah. Yeah. yeah and 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 we we've accepted that and we're okay with that and that's the name of the game but you know there's it's not it's not a living you know no. <laughs> yeah it's tough it's tough to tell people that too because they want to hear it but what you said was pretty much on the money you know what i mean like this is just the way it is you right. know what i mean like uh sorry if, right. if you get into it for first something other than that i mean you probably shouldn't get into it or you probably won't for ask. me though it was always the same like group of people asking for the the list too like after like tw- you know 20 years of doing it bro <laughs> i'm can like you, you don't can have, you hook me up you with five seven dollars <laughs> you know can you at least bring something to trade or you know what i mean like bring yeah. me like i need like deodorant floss all the shit that you don't want to buy <laughs> i'm just gonna send you my amazon you wish list store, you know <laughs> damn it i'm out of deodorant i gotta go you could just check my peapod cart yeah uh, that'd be great for it to be you know? delivered please that'd be I great though admission just like deodorant 
And then you could have as many different units as possible because every time you go to the store, you're like, ah, I don't know. I don't want to try something new because it could mess everything up. You know what I mean? You get like 20 different ones. <laughs> then you find the diamond in the rough it's like and you're ready to a go. Deodorant sampler, a flight of deodorant. <laughs> we like just came up with two great ideas. We came up with sleepy socks and deodorant for admissions. <laughs> um, so, like, let me ask you a question. So, you guys, like, when you're like writing or practicing, is, is there a like a formula or is it just like sit down and see where where the music takes us i think i usually show up with a song mm -hmm. and we we just started working on a brand new song today um because we've moved into this idea that we probably won't make another full length until it makes mm -hmm. total sense so we do a lot of uh we're gonna do a lot of um just singles like an a and a, it's a smart idea probably twice a year mm -hmm. so we just started working on a new song and it it started because i i write most of it on acoustic guitar started more folky and then you you kind of get with the band the drum machine mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you're like oh this is kind of a little bit more sounds like the clash or our, our drummer lives in brooklyn that's why we have a drum machine involved <laughs> well i like to write with a drum machine yeah. now it's good it, yeah. it really forces you to go you know what i can play with a little bit more groove now mm -hmm. or whatever it kind of changes up your the strum pattern you've been conditioned to play mm -hmm. with um, which is nice. So yeah, so I don't think we have a formula yet. Yeah, I think but it's ja Jamie usually has a pretty fully formed song. He tends to just kind of write, it, you know, come up with a song all at once, and uh, then sometimes I'll help maybe fine tune some of the, you know, a couple of lyrics here and there that maybe he's not sure about, and come up with a baseline. Yeah. So where do you guys find inspiration from? You find it from like, uh, you know, uh, coffee, tequila, dogs, cats. Wait, I mean, those are all He's things listing that our favorite we love. Things. Yes, I'm, I mean, I follow you guys on Instagram, so I did things. my social media research <laughs> here. Um, I we are uh, all the all the stuff is all the lyrics are really influenced by our life, our parents' life. Yeah, like it's it's all stuff you can kind of touch within our in our world. Um, mm -hmm. Growing up in the '80s and '90s. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, I feel like one of the things that we try to talk about all the time is just authenticity and mm -hmm. and the lyrical place that i'm writing from a lot of the time just comes from the people that we are and the people that we were grow growing up and yeah the blue collar life of yeah you know suburbs mm -hmm. of philadelphia <laughs> that's what people can relate to i definitely relate to the 80s and 90s my boss at work thinks i'm obsessed with the 90s he's like it wasn't a good place for me I don't understand why it was such a good place for you. And I'm like, are you fuck it? Were you not a, there? Was did wait, you not how, see CNC Music boss? Factory? He's a year older than me. Oh man, what? Yeah, but you I know, don't know, it's a, I'm very partial to that era, and uh, I talk about it a lot here on the show. Like, it's just a shame that kids will never know what it was like to you know play outside. Well, well, I, I think there's a, I think you have a, a respect for that decade because you're you're a sensitive person who cares a lot about art mm -hmm. and it was a very interesting time for pop culture and it was. pop culture too so yeah. mm -hmm. so it's a it was a very like a lot happening there was like the full gamut of the palette was being yeah. touched yeah. during the 90s things have gotten more and more homogenized as like yeah. decades have gone on so i think it's a special time for if you if you like pop culture if you like art if you care about fashion there's a lot happening there's a lot going time. on and there's like mm -hmm. politically there's there's just a lot going on during that decade um yeah i think there's a general air of like 
different feelings yeah through mm-hmm. that decade there like, were a lot of intense feelings a in lot the of 90s. Yeah. that's what 20, i'm trying to say 25 <laughs> years since uh kurt passed away you know um that was more than the number one band yeah it was mine too and uh it, i posted something on my facebook uh, a couple of days ago and i got some interesting responses from people some people were like you know i i feel you on this one bob and then some other people were like, you know, he was murdered, right? Oh, there's some And like, I can't there. get that shit out of my head because it's like, I didn't write my reply, you know? I didn't even really talk about it. I think I talked about it a little bit last week on the show, but the guy I was interviewing just wasn't like, you know, a musician, so he didn't really get it, I don't think. But um, yeah, like, you know, who knows? He's still dead, you know what I mean? Right. And it sucks no matter what, you know? Oh. I mean, there's evidence. I've seen all the evidence. I've seen all the shows, okay? I'm not blind to it, but I'm not going to like, you know say one thing or the other without definitely knowing what was, in the court what of was law. your original statement about it hmm? that, that what was the having the what did you say that made people i just react? basically said it's been 25 years since he's gone i never said since he's been murdered or <laughs> since he's right. you know I, did, shot I, himself. I read that thread it was it was a very nice post sort of commemorating his passing but yeah and all the emotions mm-hmm. that came along with it being i think we're about the same age mm-hmm. you know that age in the 90s and at a very you know sort of time in your life where you're really impressionable um and uh there were just yeah there were a few people that like well, he was definitely murdered you know he was murdered and so murdered. so what i don't so think that he was 25 years so i was i was what year was it specifically 94 94 that's what I so i was i was born in 86 so um kirk cobain was a little i was a little young mm-hmm. for it yeah um but i understand the depth of it now after like Tom Petty passed because yeah. he was my guy yeah. and mm-hmm. like I couldn't imagine though if I was if he was like almost a contemporary like somebody that I was like and I was young yeah you know like if, if it was more relative to like what I couldn't imagine how intense that would have been for it's me. just never I mean yeah it's never a good time to have someone pass that way to well, when you, know, you feel like you, they're, they're your beacon of like what you want to say, yeah, and mm-hmm. then that is snuffed out, and then they're gone. Yeah. However, that's snuffed out. There's never gonna be a way to feel like it was fair, you know? Yeah, and uh, yeah. So I've I, gone through so many different f- versions of grief with it, like uh, anger, d- denial, and then acceptance. Um, but yeah, we'll ne- you will never know, you know. Is there some sort of foul play going on? Yes, yeah, without a doubt. I Man, mean, life is foul. I play. mean, like, <laughs> I what I really think might have happened is is that he really got, you know. First off, like I did mention in the post, drugs took him down, and that's the one thing we know. Okay, I mean, like he was on heroin. He wanted Not to die a couple uh, weeks before in Rome, uh, you know, individually unwrapping a bunch of sleeping pills. So he did not want to stick around. But, you know, I mean, we'll never know. I mean, like, also, too, like, the guy, Tom Ford, who investigated the case. Kurt, you're not going to go look in the one spot that you didn't check? You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. Go upstairs. Look around. You're a private investigator, for Christ's sake. But, I mean, yeah, it it was the first time I ever got depressed. And, like, I, I sometimes, like, I'm mad at him for it because it's just like, well, if you didn't die, maybe I wouldn't be depressed and maybe... You know, I wouldn't be like a 39 year old, uh, you know, grunge rocker still. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think I, though, pit, I get pissed at him sometimes. But I think what should be taken away from it, just like any other kind of tragedy, is like mental health is like no joke. Exactly. And, and I and and going to therapy shouldn't be stigmatized. Mm-hmm. You know, saying that you need help shouldn't be looked at as a weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not weird if you feel sad. 
but you should go talk to somebody yeah, it can get down. better and mm-hmm. I think that sometimes our society goes oh you're in therapy then you must be damaged goods when mm. we all could use to talk to somebody yeah we know? all could use it you know <laughs> yeah. I think it should just be one of those things that's free <laughs> like yeah it we should, should be uh, free you know it's my it, last therapy session should have been free because she was not a good therapist i wound up helping her was she just tweeting she just like this she just guy. was like asking me questions and then i would answer them in the detail and then like i felt like i was helping her and, <laughs> she's like i'm know, working through something like, similar i'm a huge <laughs> sopranos fan right and i've always wanted a dr melfi i want somebody to put me in my place and then tell you know uh, there's a i have a co-worker at work she's just somebody answers the phone there best psychiatrist i've ever seen she's not licensed at all but she gives me such detailed <laughs> it's advice it's like man. a bartender you're she, like this she, guy knows exactly she said what I some need. profound <laughs> shit to me on thursday that like left me speechless i was watching her as she exited out of my office and i was just like oh my god that's it that's the key <laughs> i can't reveal it because it's personal information you know but i mean uh you reveal a lot on this podcast but i can't give you all of it i'll tell you what she said she said basically the only time you really learn anything bob is when you are at your lowest and like it was talking about like my depression and like you know uh, stuff that had happened in my past and stuff but it really made me think that like if that's the only time I can learn really the truth is like you know from suffering can come great truth and that's like total Buddha shit right there so you know I was just like alright her name's Paula and she's actually going to be performing at that country concert we're throwing here uh, in June on June 2nd oh, that's but awesome. yeah um, but yeah I never answered any of those posts because you know I don't know. You know, I don't know. I still know how I feel. Yeah, and I just, I feel like I'm not going to speculate about something that I wasn't a part of and had nothing to do with personally. Mm-hmm. It's somebody's life and death. And, and I don't think it's something, to, you know, that I feel like I want to argue about or speculate about. All I know is that I would probably not be a musician if it was not for Kurt Cobain and for Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just thankful that they were a band and that he did, you know, the art that he did and um i'm really sad that he's gone yeah i never forget the day that uh chris uh retweeted my post like i i, I covered aneurysm with downtown harvest on 104.5 and he retweeted it i was sending it to everybody i'm like he that's knows awesome. who i am there's a moment where you're <laughs> just like really i don't cool. need to do anything else <laughs> yeah, this is that's good it. enough for me shut the garage door i'm <laughs> yeah. done yeah. everybody <laughs> out take your guitars I with you it felt really good though <laughs> Um, That's really cool. In the years following, I, I had seen uh, Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters, and like people were like always surprised that I'm not a huge Foo Fighters fan. I'm like, I really I, love the Foo I Fighters. Love, I love their music, you know, but I, I've seen them live, but it, it's not the same thing for me. But uh, I did really like Tom Petty, and I was really sad when he passed away. Um, yeah. I felt I felt a lot of sadness too when Robin Williams passed away. It was like a piece of my heart just was like taken out. But the thing that does suck, though, is like, you know, all these like, uh, you know, Prince, Tom Petty, you know, this, Bowie. This, this, this Bowie, like, well, I think Lenny. Bowie, I think Bowie died naturally, though. Right. Damn, my, no, I think my he, boss well, will like, I, kill well, me. I think he but had, no, like drugs and shit like now. Oh, like, no. Yeah. I think I think he had cancer. Yeah. But I mean, look with Tom, man. I, I remember reading this interview with uh, Johnny Depp would call up Tom all the time. And be like, yo, what's up, bud? You still smoking? And that's what they would talk about, like if they're still smoking cigarettes. And I just think that's like, you know, a small little detail of their relationship. Like, but Tom was too good, man. You know, like he, it's, just, it's a real shame because I don't think like even like his like songs there were um, like in the low tempo always tend to make made you feel good in a way, which is really odd, you know? Uh, yeah, there's 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 nobody else that. Uh, his that... songwriting is 
unparalleled. There, yeah, and it makes there's you feel like really happy. There's not a lot of bad songs, man. Yeah, there's not. There's not. Yeah. Um, I think one of the first covers I ever did was Mary Jane's Last Dance. I mean, it's great chords, you know. And then what? Red Hot Chili Peppers stole that riff or yeah. something. <laughs> I wonder if it. I still a, can't hear that, man. I wonder if they. Uh, it was from working with Rick Rubin because Rick Probably. produced. I think Rick produced Mary Le- Mary Jane's Last Dance. Dude, I think Rick Rubin, when you work with him, he just sits on the couch and just says, "Yep, that sounds good." Those are the stories. He's not really yeah. like a yeah. quote musician. He's, He's a like, guru. Yeah, who gets you there? Which is pretty cool. I've I need somebody in the studio mm-hmm. who can play music better than me because I. Do you have you had a producer so yet? Yeah, our um, we just released two songs. Uh, who produced them? Um, Scott McGinley. Um, Sounds like a serious name. It's just more of a serious name than it is more a of a serious guy. person. He's a great person. Cool. Um, he uh, he was signed with a band called Bliss in the late '90s, early 2000s, and they did well overseas. But okay. But um, he's just a really great musician, really great mm-hmm. person. It just was like good. one of those environments where like we that. were like, yeah. oh, I can make records like this, where there was no there's no uh, no like stopwatch, no timer. Yeah, it was just good. like let's just. And he also is like the king, right? Yeah. There is he's charging you to set up microphones. Yeah. None of that yeah. nonsense. He also was the king of vintage gear, so like everything we used on the record was like, like that's great. Old Rickenbacker's old Vox amps, and just like he's also a connoisseur of like late seventies, early eighties synths. Oh, that's so great. Like old Moogs stuff that you like actually know have to know how to play. Yeah, you know how to he's operate. He's incredibly the talented. <laughs> yeah, so it just was mm-hmm. nice having like a producer that had real ideas. Was that Valley Forge over there? Or? So we cut most of it in his basement. We did mm-hmm. the drums at Forge, and I then we sent it to Cardinal Recordings, who did uh, the mixing and mastering. Did you work with Ronnie at Valley Forge? Was he there no. as an engineer? No. Well, that's good. I mean, the stuff I heard, it sounds awesome. Well, you thank know? you. Um, I like the videos that Jackie did for you guys, too. Jackie's great. Yeah, Jackie's awesome. She did uh, Johnny's a Jukebox, um, and she did the Great Unknown video. Um, Jackie went on the road with us uh, to Yeah, she like loved it. We, yeah, it was, we, we, had, we went about insane. It. it was great. Mm-hmm. We had a good time. She's uh, she's getting better and better. Yeah. She takes really good natural light photos. On you see the photo she took the other day of her office? Oh, it was so good. I was just like, yep. Mm-hmm. That's I was like, it. Get that right out there. Of your story and put it as a post. That thing needs to be seen in the future. That is true, right? <laughs> There's so many different ways now to like share your life, right? Like, nah, I'm not gonna post it. It's gonna be in the story. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, the thing is, uh, we were talking about it this morning. Uh, um, is that you? Uh, Tom Waits said something along the lines of like, he's he didn't like when people would say they just wanted to do the music part. Yeah, he's like, well, then just do the music part, like and play in your basement but if you want to mm-hmm. like people to hear it the show business part is is just as important and, and you know and nobody wants it, to do it but it huge. is what it is yeah. so so yeah navigate that social media stuff figure it out do what works for you and but that, like, that don't really complain has, about it because it's part of the game i mean it has like, become such a part of your your image you know mm-hmm. like in a it's a, some people see as um you know a disadvantage i see it as an advantage though because it can help you build your your brand which is a word what everybody a loves to say. Word, but brand, it is what right? It's called. Hey, what kind of brand jeans you got on? What kind of brand is your band? It doesn't make any sense, but you know, I guess. I well, I think uh, the way we try to look at it is just uh, circling back to the word authenticity. We just try to represent mm-hmm. who we are. So it's a nice opportunity to be like, 
this is the stuff we're into. Like, we could talk about, like... Our... Yeah, I like those posts from you guys, like, share the records and stuff you're listening to. Yeah, and we just know? got a... Uh, our friend made a movie. Um, his name's Lapsus. Yeah, uh, that's cool. We get to officially view it tomorrow as our day off. So Hexercise. We... It's called Hexercise, oh, and cool. it's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. But, like, we get is to he share... For, is he looking for distribution by, by chance for that? Because I can help out with that with my job. Well, you would put you in touch. You should we'll talk post. Who's that puppet guy you guys are friends with? Oh, Ziggy in the Junkyard Band. Down in New Orleans? Yeah. yeah, they're from New Orleans. Oh, they're from New Orleans for some reason. And maybe it was just hoping that he was here from Bridgeport. I would like to get would... him on the show and interview some puppets. Have you I'm... done a phoner yet? I've done. You, like, actually, um, prior to the first time you were on the show, I did lots of them. Problem is, it just doesn't sound good. Yeah, he, you know? I, I, he would be such a great guest. I have a, I'm Howard a big Stern fan of people it, you know? that love what they do. Yeah, and that mm-hmm. guy like loves what he does. He's got a great team. Dude, I love puppets. I mean, I'm a huge puppet. They guy. make the puppets too. <laughs> like, what a fun thing to do. Yeah, it's and really, then they it's execute it so well. It's you watch that River Rants thing that they did for one of our songs. Yes, mm-hmm. that I was, was cool. so amazed at like how mm-hmm. good it was. I was like, that's killer. Yeah, I, I thought, for, I don't know why, though, I thought he was from here, but I mean, yeah, I like anybody that's doing anything that's fun and exciting. Uh, I'm looking forward, I got this, you know the band Houseplant from uh, from Maniunk? I don't, film? but I love that name. He He's so crazy. He, like, films, like, his stuff on green screen, and he's, like, very comical, and, like, he, he calls himself Mr. Smith, and that's all I really know about him, <laughs> but... Um, I like that that's all you he know He got about so him. upset the other day because uh, Seth Rogen came out with his own medical marijuana brand I saw called Houseplant. Oh, that's right. That is that's yeah. where I heard it from. And he's so mad. Oh, he's no. so mad. I'd be you know, like there's this weed we got called Downtown Harvest. I'd be like, what? Um but yeah, it, it's fun when you're when you're around people who love the craft that they do and like, you know, they put in that extra time and effort and don't half ass it, you know what I mean? I don't have time for people that don't buy into what they're doing. Like how will you make anyone else love it if you don't, I don't love get it? that, man. Like I want to be a writer. What have you written? Nothing. Yeah. I want to open up a coffee shop. What's your favorite coffee? I don't know. Starbucks? <laughs> huh? You know? I, I think that the number one goal is to have something that you love and to make people love it. But if you can't love it enough yourself, how will anyone love it? <laughs> it really is true. You really have to like convince them. And that's what you both do really well, by the way. I mean, the stuff I've seen like lately, those videos, you look like you're having a good time. They know you're having a good time. And then it just, you know, it reciprocates. It just like winds the room up into a, you know, just a frenzy. And that's what you really need, really, to, for any band, you know? I hate when I see uh, any band that just uh, does, they look like they don't want to be there. No, they look the like they're just in a rehearsal bored? space. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, yeah. man, you're, you, people pay money at the door to come see this, like... <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. I, yeah, there's nothing worse than that. You that's know? the best part of this whole thing is that 45 minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we do so much work that leads up to that 45 minutes that mm-hmm. I'm, like, free as a bird when, like, mm-hmm. when you're up there, yeah. 45 minutes. Like, yeah, I used, Jude and I used to say that, like, we, we like to be, like, a computer program that's completely ready to go on stage. And then it's just, it, you don't even think about it, it really. Just you're just operating it, you know? <laughs> But, um, you know, sometimes something could happen that throws you for a loo, but, I mean, it is what it is. Great Room, though, uh, that's coming up two weeks, right? Yep, the 27th. Mm-hmm. We play at 9. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, beyond that, anything else coming? Yeah, we um we have some stuff coming up. We're playing the Up Fest, which is like mm-hmm. a music fest that is going, and we're doing it as a duo, which we don't do a lot of duo stuff, but we're opening up that show. It's like noon. It's family that's cool. friendly. It's all day. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot going on. But, uh, 
our main focus is one show at a time. We've got stuff on the books, but we kind of it's good you do push that. one at a time. Well, you just run into people go, I'll catch the next one. And then, yeah. And yeah. you're like, well, mm-hmm. if you don't come to this show, like we might not get a next one. <laughs> so, exactly, so yeah. I mean, while we've, while we've been fortunate to have some success, you're not, you're not guaranteed another show. So. No, you're never not. Yeah. And, and so we take each one really seriously and we hope that people, you know, if they're available can make time to, to come out. There's nothing worse when you're like, catch me this month playing seven times. Yeah, you're like, I'll come to noon of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're playing in Pittsburgh. On, oh, very uh, cool. We can post that one because we're not, uh, it's not yeah. local. Yeah. Uh, we're doing that as a duo, but it's, Morgan started playing kick drum in our duo oh, there show. there you go. So bass, kick, drum. That's <laughs> a new adventure. Yeah, so it gives a little bit more to our duo That's stuff. tough to do. By the way, I, I got. I, I tried I to do it. I fell over. Morgan's I'm like, no having, problem. I'm having to practice a lot to get it yeah. right. But <laughs> um, what, what size kick drum are you using? It's an 18 inch. So okay. a little bigger than mm-hmm. a floor tom, but mm-hmm. uh, but still has the thud. Yeah, it's a, a tough it's thing, fun. you know. Like uh, I was trying to do that when I was in that bluegrass band, and it was tough, man. I was just because it's when you're standing it's a little bit more difficult you know to get that rhythmatic motion yeah, and stuff yeah yeah but... work a lot to st- i guess figure out how you to you guys should bust out the drum machine yeah. like watch us give it our hearts <laughs> you know what we uh we like to keep it as um as like organic organic as possible we d- there's a thing that you can get for the the mm-hmm. drum pedal that morgan just discovered the foot stop that is oh, like, just a toe stop. I didn't know. Like, it changed the game. The pedal doesn't come with a toe stop on it, but my foot kept slipping up What's the toe all stop? the way to the drum. You, it's this thing you screw on it's the. It's just a little nub that goes on the, the foot pad at the top of it where your toes are so to stop your toes from slipping up. And I'm, I'm assuming that a normal drummer sitting down doesn't generally have that problem. Oh, I'd like to get that. Um, $9? Yeah. How much? Nine bucks changed your whole life. Right. We're gonna have to make the sleeping socks like at a price point a little bit lower, you know. But, um, but that's uh, awesome, though. But yeah, and we just started working. Uh, actually, um, doing some booking out of town, so we're gonna be touring like once a month. Doing like, that's good. Just kind of like you know how open mics will have featured slots, mm-hmm. like thirty minute sets. We're gonna do a bunch of those and like kind of pick like you know our town as the middle point. Go five mm-hmm. hours in every direction kind of that's the plan for like the next probably do once a month just to kind of get out there and start connecting mm-hmm. with some people that have been finding us on social media that's good yeah like, you guys are doing good numbers on instagram um we're trying to push it but you got to find the balance of being like where is the art happen but you got to do that like i said that like show is in this part of it this. is crazy though that you have that at your disposal now like 20 years ago a band to reach millions of people by you know it's just weird the whole, the whole game's changed and I admire the fact that you're, you're you're going to you know adhere to that in a way like you know you're saying that you're going to record song you know at a time it's unfortunate that's the world we live in because I know both of you are record lovers oh, you know yeah, and you like play, the story players yeah. are where right? it's at you know but yeah. it's nice though to like uh to sometimes just surrender and be like, okay, well, you can't this be mad. You can't be mad at what's happening yeah, if you, you want to be an active no. participant in mm-hmm. it. So what I what I always say, the thing that we always talk about is, you pick your boundaries within the confines of the game. It's true. So, what what will keep our authenticity? What boundaries? And we set our boundaries, and we still believe in the live show as a thing that is is bulletproof to the times we're living in if you want to really connect to something you need to meet it in person whether it's a band or it's a restaurant or it's a or it's a human like you need to get out there and go see it and that's the that's how you're going to know if there's a real connection 
So we believe wholeheartedly in the live show. Yeah. I really like the line, bulletproof to the times we live in. That's good. That was very, very profound, James. Was it good? I think this should be like a podcast, bulletproof to the times we live in with Jamie and the guarded heart. I dig it. Look, I really appreciate you coming here on a Sunday. Uh, I wish you, you both the most success that anyone could have in this area. I want you to blow up. I want you to be a husband and wife duo trio you know if you want to even marry the drummer too you know <laughs> skip and just get that going Graham this is our proposal to you <laughs> Graham, Graham if you're listening to the show I'm going to get myself ordained tonight and we're going to make it happen on the next show <laughs> here on the podcast um, once again guys I really appreciate you coming in thanks for having us check him out online Jamie and the Guarded Heart my name's Bob and this has been another episode of Bobcast <laughs> <laughs>